Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Prioritization comes in taking all that data, synthesizing it, and taking your own, and then slowly working through what are the big rocks. There's a thousand things people want you to address over the course of the season, but you do that, and you're chasing your tail, and some of those are even counterintuitive to others that are on the list. And so what we do is we just take inventory of the big rocks. We've looked at several different angles and approaches to wrapping up your season and moving your program, unit, or position group ahead as well as improving yourself professionally for the next season. Today we look at what some coaches like to refer to simply as AOI or areas of improvement. Prioritizing areas for improvement requires a comprehensive approach that involves analyzing various factors. We talk with four coaches today about their approach and the roles that they have with their teams, but the ideas they share can be applied across whatever area of responsibility that you have. We are joined by Texas Taps defending state champion Lubbock Christian Academy head coach Chris Softley, Coastal Carolina co-defensive coordinator Dan Carroll, defending D2 national champion linebacker coach Grant Caserta, and Fresno State special teams coach Brett Arkelian to learn their approaches to identifying and working on their areas of improvement. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com 
and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. First, Chris softly highlights the importance of discernment and wisdom in evaluating end-of-season reports and player feedback to prioritize areas for improvement. He emphasizes the need for multiple evaluations to gain a more authentic understanding of the team's performance and discuss the process of synthesizing data to prioritize addressing the most critical issues. Yeah, the prioritization really is a great question because that's tough to explain because I really just think it it falls back to, to coaches that have discernment and wisdom. You just you know the feedback that you're getting that may be biased or, or even selfish in nature. You know, say a kid says, uh, I didn't like my running back coach. Well, he's a third string kid and, and he kind of underachieved. You know, maybe that's applicable here. And so you got to have wisdom and discernment in how you weigh those, that information. But what we do, we, we have a first blush, like coaches write down your end of season report. How did it feel overall? 10,000 foot view thoughts right after championship week. And then we go to Christmas break and we get away. We watch bowl week. We go to our, our Christmas basketball tournaments and support the kids. And then second week in January after AFCA and things have kind of got back into the routine, then we'll go back through and fill out kind of our end of season evaluation and talk about those questions that you're addressing here. And the reason we do that is one, I want their first blush, but you know, as well as I do, it's going to be colored a little bit based on how it ended. So you win the championship and everything is roses. Say you're losing a heartbreaking last game and man, we couldn't do anything right. Right. That's how that comes. Well, you get away a little bit, get to clear your mind and declutter. And now you're going to get a little bit more of an authentic answer on the second blush through and then same with the players we do an end of the season evaluation and then we do another one in the spring just midway through and so the prioritization comes in taking all that data and synthesizing it and taking your own and then slowly working through what are the big rocks there's a thousand things people want you to address over the course of the season but you do that and you're chasing your tail and some of those are even counterintuitive to others that are on the list and so what we do is we just take take inventory of the big rocks so the player first, dealing with relationship, the culture of our locker room, and the scheme that attacks, attaches to those players, and then, and then the development of what can we coach or what do we need to grow as how we coach, and then so on and so forth in terms of strength and conditioning and then the programming of our system. So that's really where we go at it in terms of how we prioritize. But at the end of it all, most head coaches, most coaching staff, they're pretty aware that, hey, we did a terrible job stopping the run, and so that's where our emphasis is going to be. Next, Dan Carroll emphasizes the importance of identifying problems and inefficiencies in performance to determine whether they stem from fundamental issues, technique errors, or a need to change the scheme. He highlights the significance of differentiating these factors to make informed decisions about adjustments and improvements for future seasons. If we made changes, whether we made them preseason or in the middle of the season, if we, if we made changes, that's because there was a problem. Maybe if it's a personnel issue, we weren't getting any production out of a specific position. Maybe we changed our coverage structure because we were giving up too many passes of certain variety. Maybe we changed our, you know, our blitz coverages, whatever, right? There, there's a million uh, reasons or things that you can change, but it's generally going to be because there was a problem. And did we defend that problem more efficiently? 
I mean, I think it's as simple as that. When you get to the end of the season and you look at what are we doing efficient and what are we not? And then that comes down to are the things inefficient, what are the issues? Is it a fundamental issue? Is it a technique issue? Is it a scheme issue? Fundamental issue meaning if we didn't get enough time to work this guy's footwork on this new technique, maybe you change technique or you change the uh, coverage that your base coverage in the middle of the season because you're having trouble, you know, playing middle field close or playing middle field open, whatever. Well, fundamentally, we gave up a lot of passes in this call because this guy wasn't very good because, man, his footwork is all over the place. He didn't do a great job fundamentally. We didn't have enough time to, to coach it. So, okay, we have a fundamental issue. Does that mean that we wouldn't have solved the problem if we get that fixed this offseason? Now, is keeping this same thought process going to carry us into next season? because we fixed the fundamental issue, right? And then, or, you know, is it a technique issue? Are we asking guys to do things within the scheme that they can't do? Is it, you know, the way we're playing our, our quarter safety or the way we're playing our flat players? Or are we asking them to use a fundamental or to do something in a way that, that they're unable to do it? Because there's a lot of reasons why something's inefficient, okay? There's a lot of reasons. There's, you could go through all of them, but, are we the only reason to change the call is if it's truly as bad schematically, like we have to look at and say, if the player was able to do it exactly how we wanted them to do it, would this have been a good call? And if we can say yes, then we have to ask ourselves, okay, can we get him to do it exactly how we want him to do it? Do we have the right guys for that? Do we have the right concise language to use to get it in his head the way we need him to do it? Do we have enough time to rep it? Do we have enough, live reps to see it in action before we decide if it's the right thing, right? So you got to go through all those things. Don't let a fundamental error, a technique error, cause you to change your scheme. I see that all the time. It's, well, this guy didn't cover this guy. You know, we're not very good at this call. Are we not good at this call, or are we not good at a certain position covering their slot? Well, if that's the case, okay, let's ask ourselves, do we have somebody better to do that? Can we coach how to cover the slot better? Or is it simply, we will never be able to cover a slot in this way, so we need to get to a new schematic, right? And, and that's the thing that I think when you, when you break it all down at the end of the season, right, we made a change at this defense, we changed this blitz path, or we changed that coverage, it didn't go well. Did it not go well because the change was a bad idea, or did it not go well because we didn't play it the right way? And if we didn't play it the right way, how are we going to make that adjustment in the offseason? And if we can't, then let's change the scheme. Right, that's a bad scheme. We don't have enough time to rep it. We don't know how to teach the technique better. We don't think that our guys can learn the technique the way it needs to be learned. You know, sometimes you go away and you meet with somebody and talk to some other coaches and they tell you how they're playing this technique and you take it back and, you know, maybe it gets convoluted in your own players' heads or it's too close to some other technique and you just never really quite get it the way it needs to be done. You might not be able to do it, right? Change the scheme. But I think that's the biggest thing is being able to differentiate it's a fundamental issue, a technique issue, or truly a scheme issue where we have to change that. And, yeah, I mean, I think for indicators and, and benchmarks and things like that, it's just if we went out there and every play was efficient, we would win every game. So we just have to find a way to get the plays efficient and understand why they're not. Right? It's a fundamental issue, a technique issue, or a scheme issue. Next up, Grant Caserta discusses his approach to identifying areas needing improvement by thoroughly reviewing different defensive plays and analyzing their performance throughout the season. He emphasizes the importance of organizing and prioritizing specific calls for future practice planning, 
aiming to address deficiencies and enhance the team's performance in the upcoming season. One of the things that our defensive coordinator, Ryan Hodges, does at the end of the season, he breaks out all of the plays that we've run, all of our different defensive calls into different playlists. And one of the things that I like to do is just go through all those playlists and just watch us playing one call as many times as we called it. So I'll kind of start with our base play and then work into some of our checks and things like that. And first of all, just watching it from like a 10,000 foot view, it tells me what stuff that we ran all the time in practice. And then maybe we only have 15 clips of it during the whole year. That tells me that we probably don't need to be spending so much time on that play or maybe we should keep it, but you know, just not even teach it until we need it or something like that. And on the other hand, maybe there's a play that we ran a lot of times. And as you're going through the, the playlist, you see us missing an assignment quite a bit or big plays happening more frequently than other plays kind of gives you the feel that maybe we need to teach that a little differently, or maybe we need to tweak that. So going through those playlists postseason for me is it just gives me a general sense of how we perform throughout the season with specific calls, but also from like a game planning and practice planning perspective, what things do we do that we used a lot? And then what stuff do we do that we didn't really use much and going into spring, which call should we focus on? If there's some specific calls that we ran a lot, but never practiced very much, we need to do more of that in the spring and get it up to speed. If we think we're going to use that again in the fall and like I said, on the other hand, if there's something that we practiced all the time and hardly ever ran, then maybe we need to scale that back. So I think that just helps us as coaches get more organized and it helps us be able to find deficiencies if there's some common themes on making errors, mental errors or physical errors on certain certain calls. And we can get those shored up for the spring. And then after the spring, we can kind of decide how we want to approach the next fall with a more concise group of calls. So, and we've used that to our advantage the past couple of years. We've, we, we have a long laundry list of calls. Like a lot of people do a big playbook, but we're only going to install, you know, a small amount of it. And then we'll pull from that playbook as we need it during the season, as opposed to trying to install it all in preseason and be ready to run all of it. Let's just run the stuff we know that we're going to need and then pull out stuff for individual games that, we might want or we might need to counteract the offense. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www dot team m-o-f-o dot com slash demo and mention coaching coordinator podcast or use the coupon code cc10 to receive 10 percent off your first year 
We finish with Brett Arkelian, who stresses the significance of awareness in identifying areas for improvement, utilizing statistics, honest player feedback, and team objectives to assess and prioritize those areas. He also emphasizes the importance of comparing strategies with other successful teams and seeking input from players to systematically identify improvement areas for the next season. I really like the ideas that he shares here, and I urge you to think about how you can make special teams a greater part of your season wrap-up and meetings. Many of us focus on offense and defense and those position groups, but giving attention to special teams and those individual players and their roles can be a game-changer for your program as you prepare for the next season. To me, awareness, right? Awareness is the first step to improvement. We've got to be aware. What do we do well? What do we do poorly? So it kind of goes back to that midseason stuff. I'm going to check the stats again and say, okay, stats don't tell you everything, but for field goals, for field goal percentage, you know, punt yardage, uh, kickoff's a little different. You might play a team that skies and squibs a lot, or you might sky and squib a lot. That might alter your stats, but we're going to see how we're doing in the red zone for punt, and we're going to analyze where we finished and what we could have done better. I really do believe in, like, honest player feedback incorporating those players coach Baxter has a great saying he's, he's got a ton of them but one of them is a new set of eyes right a new set of eyes are only good if they tell you what they see and they do not moderate so with those specialists with your players that play on special teams I want to know from them okay this might be your first season what did you like that we did and what did you dislike what do you see your role as this season where were you a backup guy on special teams could you have played more you know, are you kind of like a six man? Uh, and what do you do well? Tell me what you do well and what you struggle with. And I'll have them all fill out a sheet or something like this. I think those one-on-one conversations are time consuming, but they're definitely important. And it can tell you where they think they're at. And we can always refer to them when we're making depth charts for the next season. I think you really got to identify common themes. Okay. What were we this season? Were we a boundary return team? Were we a field return team? When did we send blocks and punt return? I mean, so many times, you know, you're in the heat of the moment, Keith, and you're trying to figure out, you know, oh, I, I want to be safe here. Well, I want to, you know, send a return. Like, and then you get back to the end of the season and you sent two block licks on punt return all year. It's like, that's not who I wanted to be. You know, I wanted to be more even. So maybe even taking those statistics and crafting a plan of like, okay, in this range, I want to bring pressures more often. Uh, I firmly believe that, you know, we're going to be, you know, aggressive team, whatever, whatever team I end up you know, running and coordinating and, and uh, we're going to bring some pressures, but you got to be cognizant of where you're at and, and what trends that you're putting on film. Cause it's all about what you put on film. And then we're going to check those team objectives that we talked about at the start of the season. Well, there's three team objectives. We want to be known for this, this, and this, whether it's top field goal percentage in the, country one of the best return kickoff return units and lead in you know net punt or downing the ball in the red zone like how did we do in that and we're going to refer back to that and see what ways can we be better i think the biggest thing for special teams a little bit different we're going to watch all the best teams in our conference and in the country and we're going to compare those you know we're going to find okay what was the best scheme maybe my kickoff return it's doubling the four Okay, so and the top three teams in the country, they all double the four in some way or another, and then they mixed in a field or a counter return. Maybe we need a counter, maybe we need a fake reverse or something like that. What were some of the factors that made them great personnel wise? Okay, we have a lot of wide receiver bodies on our front line and kickoff return. Maybe we need more linebacker 
uh, bigger bodies or vice versa. You know, I'm just speaking from example. Maybe some need some more electric guys back there at return. Or a lot of the times with kickoff return or punt return, it, you are what you are, right? Whatever you have back there uh, return-wise doesn't matter the scheme. Uh, it's the personnel. Maybe we need to recruit more faster uh, electric players. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. But being aware of what everyone else is doing out there and then seeing how that fits in your scheme can also be beneficial. But, again, the common theme is getting input from your players uh, and what they believe in and what they think they could be better at. You can systematically systematically identify areas you need improvement and then what you liked about what you did and roll that into the next season. So that's kind of where we've been at with off-season stuff, and that's something I'm still working on perfecting. But lucky to have coached under a lot of great coaches who have their own ways of doing things and, and scoping that and making it into uh, my way. As these coaches have illustrated, evaluating and prioritizing areas for improvement involves a multifaceted approach that integrates statistical analysis, player feedback, and strategic assessment. By implementing a comprehensive process and prioritizing the AOI, you and your staff can effectively address key issues and lay the groundwork for a successful and impactful off-season development program. Keep tuning in to Coaching Coordinator as we transition into our off-season series and episodes and sign up for our weekly tip sheet, which will give you the rundown of everything we do each week at coachandcoordinator.com. Thank you.